Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is an iHeart Original. It's June 1969, and the town, actually it's a borough, of Penns Grove, New Jersey, is quiet. It's always quiet. Pensgrove sits on the Delaware River, looking out across the water to Wilmington. The sunsets are beautiful here, but it's in contrast to the shoreline, which is covered in debris, and to the businesses, many of which are boarded up. Times are not prosperous. The local economy is in an extended slump, The DuPont chemical plant is one of the few bright spots in a largely abandoned industrial town of roughly 6,000 people, less than one square mile in size. Only two things give Penns Grove its identity. One, it's Bruce Willis's hometown, though that won't really be notable for another 15 years or so. Today, Bruce is just 14 and doing poorly in math class. The second notable thing about Penns Grove is that it's about to blow up. A series of explosions rock the DuPont plant in nearby Kearney's Point. It's an explosives factory, and when catastrophe strikes, it's seismic. Three storage areas filled with 75,000 pounds of explosives are accidentally ignited, creating an inferno. Glass shatters up to 10 miles away. Kids at a nearby school cower as windows are blown out of their classrooms. The explosion ripples across the Delaware River, jolting people as far as Wilmington. A total of seven men died, with many more injured. 
Investigators will be combing through the rubble for days. Downtown Penn's Grove resembles a war zone. Debris everywhere, doors ripped off their hinges. It was a scene reminiscent of a disaster movie. It would probably be the climactic ending, actually. It felt like Armageddon. Despite the incident, DuPont remained the biggest employer in town, one of the few job opportunities in the area. In fact, even after the disaster, Bruce Willis will graduate high school and work for DuPont, just like his father had. That's just what you did in Penn's Grove. Life didn't allow for a lot of dreaming. Of course, Willis got out, made it big. You know all that. But there will come a time when Willis will be able to return to Penn's Grove, wealthy beyond imagination, and try to rescue it from oblivion, to sweep up the glass and put the doors back on their hinges. The adult Bruce Willis will breathe new life into his hometown with plans that are as ambitious as anything he's ever cooked up. Even though he's been busy doing just that with his adopted hometown of Haley, Idaho, Willis believes there's room in his life for two Willisvilles, two towns where his money and vision can create jobs and raise spirits. After all, he did it with Haley, injecting a nightlife and vibrancy to the sleepy and snowbound Hamlet. Why couldn't he do the same to his actual hometown? And why couldn't those plans be much, much bigger? Some 30 years after Penn's Grove exploded, Bruce Willis came back, armed with an audacious $50 million plan to take it from the brink of insolvency. And for better and worse, another shockwave was coming. For iHeartRadio, this is Haleywood, an iHeart original podcast. I'm your host, Dana Schwartz, and this is Episode 7, Homecoming. Penn's Grove did have a heyday of sorts. And it used to be capital caviar of the world. That's Eric Myers, Penn's Grove resident. Well, uh, born and raised from Penn's Grove. I'm the youngest of six, six boys. Uh, Penn's Grove was a great place as I was a kid. You know, wasn't a whole lot to do, but we made the best of it. Eric wasn't around for the town's best days. Those were during World War I, when munitions became the area's big industry. But he knows the story. The town's population went from 2,000 to 6,000 in a blink. Chemical plants like DuPont began to line the Delaware River. It also brought a little bit of outright hedonism. Gambling, drinking, bordellos. Main Street in Pensgrove at one time was a happening spot. You know, people come from all over and, you know, and that's what made the town thrive at the time. Then progress hit and hit hard. (laughs) 
someone went and built two bridges that allowed for easy passage across the Delaware River. The Delaware Memorial Bridge was finished in the 1950s. So was Interstate 295. But, you know, once the bridge was put in and 295, no one came through it no more. They bypassed it, and that's what really uh, made the town struggle uh, financially with stores and stuff like that. Suddenly, people could head to Wilmington for cheap goods in a state free of sales tax. Fewer people had reason to pass through Penn's Grove. The chemical plants began closing up. Jobs were lost. Penn's Grove was slowly being forgotten. I remember as a kid, President Carter came to Penn's Grove across from the library, and I remember uh, seeing him. He brought low-income housing to the area. Since then, uh, there was a lot of different stores and stuff that none of them are there today. That's the Penn's Grove of Bruce Willis's childhood, a post-boom industrial town that had seen most of its industry leave. Willis grew up in a house right next to his grandfather's welding shop in Carney's Point, which isn't exactly the same place, but close. Pensgrove is like one square mile, has about 5,000 people. Carney's Point surrounds Pensgrove, and it's like a brother-sister type community. Willis's family were primarily blue-collar workers. Willis's father, David, was a mechanic and welder and worked at DuPont. Well, just about everyone worked at DuPont. His father's relatives were also mechanics and welders. Willis worked in his grandfather's shop after school. He'd wander the halls of Penn's Grove High, humming on his harmonica, being a class cut-up, giving people the idea he was destined for something. What? Well, who could say, but something. Willis knew it too. He'd tell teachers who were upset over bad math tests that Penn's Grove could never hold him. He had a freedom of spirit that manifested in certain ways. He got busted for marijuana back when that was scandalous. And he liked streaking, running up and down Main Street, wearing just sunglasses and sneakers. <gasps> As he grew, he kept running. After working briefly at DuPont, Willis left to attend Montclair State College. And you can fill in the blanks from there. He pursued acting, landed moonlighting, then diehard, then superstardom. In one episode of Moonlighting, David Addison finds himself in the slammer. His prison uniform number was 08069, the zip code of Penn's Grove, a little nod to his buddies back home but not the kind of thing that would change the town's fortune. Penn's Grove was once recognized as the most distressed town in New Jersey, after Newark. That's not the kind of thing you put up at your visitor center. Not that Penn's Grove had a visitor center. In Penn's Grove, it had been in the decline now for probably 35 years. And to see stores and businesses and the community go downhill and have to get transitional aid from the state and no jobs and the people struggling 
It was, it was deflating. It was depressing. And Willis knew it, knew about its troubles. He had never lost his hometown connection. His parents still lived there, and Willis would make return trips back whenever his busy schedule allowed. He'd stop in for a sub sandwich, buy locals a few drinks, visit relatives, cause a little bit of a stir, and then slip away. In 1995, Willis got a little closer for a longer period of time. He was shooting the science fiction movie 12 Monkeys in Philadelphia, just a short ride from Penn's Grove. You know, you would hear, you know, stories about, you know, this guy from Penn's Grove who's trying to make it big in Hollywood. And um, I knew one of his good friends, Mark Murphy, that I had worked for doing carpentry, roofing and stuff like that. And he was always, you know, proud of Bruce's accomplishments and would talk about him being like, yeah, he's my good buddy. Pretty soon, Eric and Bruce crossed paths. So I started a small landscaping company, me and my best friend, Billy Vanneman, cleaning up yards and leave removal, gutter cleaning. And my buddy, Mark Murphy, said, hey, I want you to stop by up to the waterfront. I want to introduce you to someone and see if you want to clean up the, the property. Willis bought his father the nicest house on Main Street, and it was going to need some care. And so Mark introduced me, and it really didn't register at first. And then Mark was like, yeah, this is Bruce Willis. He's in Moonlighting, the TV series. And I was like, oh. Eric helped out around the property, getting to know the Willis family and becoming friendly with Bruce's father, David. I, I became really close with David. He was just, you know, a great guy to talk to, uh, like a mentor. The, the house looked beautiful. I mean, people rode by it all the time, and the area was just coming alive. Around the same time he was shooting 12 Monkeys, Willis started telling a real estate agent, a friend of his named Maggie Dietrich, about what he was doing thousands of miles away in Haley, Idaho. How he had bought the Mint and a movie theater and more. He'd given this tiny town a jolt of excitement. Maybe, he said, there were opportunities in Penn's Grove to do the same. But before he explained himself, he did what Bruce Willis was in the habit of doing. He swore Maggie Dietrich to secrecy. He told Dietrich that if she breathed a word of this to anyone, he'd disappear. Maggie agreed. And so Bruce Willis told her he was very interested in some other property in Penn's Grove. Property like the Penn's Grove National Bank and Trust Building, which was notable for allegedly having once been robbed by gangster Pretty Boy Floyd, though that might be more urban legend than fact. It was also where Willis's mother used to work and where he had opened his first ever savings account. He also wanted to buy another building, this one a former library, and another building, a one-time Masonic Lodge. And he had ideas to bring like a, uh, like a restaurant, like a steakhouse, where the bank would be. Uh, I guess it was something similar like he did out in Haley, Idaho. And I thought his ideas were, were, were brilliant and would, would make a big impact in, in the town. After Maggie took her vow of silence, Willis disclosed something else. 
He was looking at 12 acres of riverfront property sitting along the Delaware River. It was all unoccupied. A crumbling pier stretched out into the oil-slicked water and reached clear into Wilmington. On the surface, it looked, well, unspectacular. But Pensgrove is centrally located. There are roughly four million people who are less than 30 miles away, even though Pensgrove only had 6,000 people. It had an amazing view of the Delaware Memorial Bridge. When you stood near the river as the sunset overlooking Wilmington, you could feel the possibilities, untapped potential. And the land was reasonable. For less than a million dollars, Willis bought the 12 acres. And just like he had in Haley, he did it under a company name. In Haley, it was Ixnay. In Pensgrove, it was Screwball Incorporated. Slowly, the town began to understand what Willis and Screwball Inc. were planning. It was about much more than a few buildings. Willis didn't want to merely revitalize Penn's Grove with a facelift. He wanted to draw in all the people who had deserted it when the bridge and highway opened. He was going to put Penn's Grove back on everyone's map by opening a massive entertainment complex and marina. And soon, the town that had been mostly forgotten suddenly noticed something unusual. Tourists began pulling up to the barren waterfront, getting out of their cars and taking pictures of an empty plot of land strewn with trash. Maybe it was just so someday they could tell people this is what it looked like before Bruce Willis came and saved the day. I kind of was excited. I was like, you know, blessed Bruce might come back to town and do something. And when I heard and saw what was going on, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good feeling. Not just for me, but for the entire community. Sometimes people would stop by a place called Willis Hardware, thinking there had to be some kind of a connection. Maybe it was the first Bruce Willis storefront. Maybe Bruce Willis would sell you a hammer. It wasn't, but people took pictures of it anyway. Amidst all this excitement, word spread that Bruce Willis had even grander ambitions than waterfront development. There was news reporters and just seeing it build and everything getting cleaned up and uh, the momentum. And now people from all over wanted to know what was going on. The marina and entertainment complex were one thing. A big thing, sure, but just one thing. If everything went well, Penn's Grove wouldn't just be resurrected. It might become another Atlantic City. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve 
with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The town's leaders began buzzing. Willis was back. A town councilman named Rick Cowles started a website he named Bruno Watch. It was a kind of parody of a tabloid with rumors and innuendo about Willis mixed with actual fact. Not too many people in Pensgrove read Bruno Watch, though, to be fair, most of them didn't have internet access. But Cowles persisted. He lived on Main Street and watched as cars with strange license plates drove by, hoping to catch a glimpse of something. He reported on the fact that Willis's representatives had appeared at a city council meeting to unveil his master plan a massive $50 million riverfront entertainment complex that would host a 90-room hotel, restaurants, movie theaters, shops, fresh fish, obviously, maybe a return of caviar, and marina big enough for 100 boats. Already, local real estate prices were rising 10 to 15%. The plan would create hundreds and hundreds of jobs. For an area that was suffering from a 15% unemployment rate, three times that of the national average at the time, this was a big deal. And 50 million? Well, that wasn't a number Penn's Grove ever expected to see. The town's annual budget was just a tenth of that. One of the anchors of the riverfront complex was thought to be something that harkened back to the earliest days of Penn's Grove. From all appearances, it seemed like Willis wanted to get into the business of riverboat gambling. With Bruce, we, I, you know, I knew the idea was to try to bring riverboat gambling. It was like a $50 million project to bring riverboat gambling to the Pensgrove waterfront. Riverboat casinos were, and are, a kind of legal sleight of hand. Docked on water, they can circumvent certain laws related to gambling on land. At the time, Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania were all considering legalizing riverboat gambling. The property Willis was eyeing already contained a pier. There were ideas for a ferry across the Delaware River and back, making it easy for pleasure seekers to make their way into Penn's Grove from towns like Newcastle, Delaware City, or Pennsville. While on the water, people could try their hand at games of skill and chance. 
This was Vegas by way of Willis. Bruno Baccarat. Maybe Bruno slot machines. It would all take time. But the people of Pensgrove weren't just sitting idly by. Not long after Willis made his plans public, 16 small businesses materialized in Pensgrove. All of them hoping to capitalize on the people Willis's plans would be attracting. There was Marshall's Clothing, a trendy apparel shop. There was Bobby's Place, a small supermarket just across the way, where a shopkeeper and her son swept the floors and patiently waited for construction workers to start dropping by. A pizza place called Italian Kitchen, where Willis sometimes phoned for pizza, opened its first ever dining room area to host the expected overflow of customers. Pensgrove was suddenly home to a lot of entrepreneurs. Eric Myers was one of them. A couple times I had to go to the airport to pick up some of Bruce's people. I, I would go in my pickup truck or, you know, whatever I could get. And that gave me the idea, like, you know, how can you get like a car service or a limo? And there was nothing in the area. This was the 1990s, long before Uber. With the influx of tourists, gamblers, and VIPs, they'd need wheels. I put a business plan together, and and I'd saved some money, and so I saw these limos for sale, and uh, a gold stretch limo, which was a six-passenger, and a white one, and I ended up starting Riverfront Limousine Service with the Golden Touch, and I started with them two vehicles, and that's how it started out. As you might expect, one of Eric's customers was Bruce Willis, who was dropping in and out of town regularly. I, I did pick up Bruce from the Newcastle County Airport and brought him over to the house. I would pick up some of his people, uh, take him to some local meetings over at the DRBA and uh, the Della Memorial Bridge and different stuff like that. Eric knew it would be poor form to pepper Bruce Willis with questions about the development from the driver's seat. Instead, bits and pieces of information would come from Bruce's father, David. David was just as excited as anyone to see development come to Penn's Grove. His father would just tell me, hey, Bruce, really busy, he's doing this, doing that, and I'd ask a few questions, and he would only tell me what I needed to know. I, I really wouldn't pry into Hey, is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? Because I just figured I, I would see it happen at some point, you know, or not. But Pensgrove didn't dwell on the or not part. The Pensgrove National Bank and Trust Company building was being gutted. Willis had all but locked up most of the desirable riverfront property. Small businesses were popping up. Against all odds, the town was coming back to life. Willis had even taken political steps to realize his ambitions. In 1996, Willis drove to the governor's residence of Christine Todd Whitman. There, Whitman committed to offering whatever state resources she could to make sure Willis's plans moved forward. Now the state of New Jersey was backing Willis's efforts. Pensgrove also agreed to help Screwball Inc. get some grant money for the development. The only thing the borough balked at was a Willis plan for housing. He wanted to put up 50 homes in the area right on the waterfront, a kind of Levitt town or Willis town. 
But Penn's Grove didn't need housing. They had a glut of that. Their sewers were at capacity. They wanted people, people to spend their money by day and go back home at the end of the night. They wanted activity, action. They wanted Bruce Willis to build his vast riverboat gambling empire like yesterday. But just as in Haley, Willis wasn't a full-time developer. He was a movie star, and the movie star was needed on set. In early 1997, Willis chose a film project that made the people in his hometown even more enthusiastic. He started shooting a movie titled Broadway Brawler about a broken-down hockey player who gets romantically involved with a single mom, played by Maura Tierney. It was said to be a sports comedy in the vein of Jerry Maguire, which had come out the previous year. The plot isn't what got Penn's Grove excited, though. What got Penn's Grove excited was that Willis was shooting Broadway Brawler in Wilmington, Delaware, right across the river. It was another move that would aid and abet the local economy, bringing jobs and money thanks to the cast and crew. Willis even took what was, for him, a pay cut. He made only $7.5 million rather than the $20 million a starring role typically brought him. He reportedly liked the script, the story, enough to make some concessions. And shooting in Wilmington kept him close to Penn's Grove, close enough to keep tabs on its evolution. The Bruno Watch website kept a close eye on things. Progress was slow, but steady. The town was in a state of anticipation waiting for Bruce Willis to unveil one of those tiny tabletop models of the Marina Project, waiting for ground to be broken and for cars to start crossing the bridge back to Penn's Grove, waiting for Bruce Willis to save the day, just like in the movies. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Eric Myers opened up a newspaper one day in 1997 and flinched a little bit. It was about Bruce Willis and his plans for Penn's Grove. There was a, an article that was written, and my name was in it, and it was kind of crappy. It said, you know, as I ride down Main Street of Penn's Grove and I see the pigeons and the seagulls crapping on the buildings and the beer cans and diapers flown down the gutters. One young man by the name of Eric Myers started a limousine business. The idea of transforming the town, it was met with a kind of hostility. Pensgrove had spent too long in dire straits, and even optimists had issues. Criticism was starting to bubble up, that things weren't happening fast enough, that Pensgrove might be too small for a movie star's big ambitions. It was everything Bruce Willis didn't want. What he had warned real estate agent Maggie Dietrich about. Every detail put under a microscope. And then I realized that, you know, all this negative publicity, why would Bruce continue? Giving him trouble trying to do the riverboat gambling. Just all, all, there was many things that I could tell that he was getting frustrated. And Willis was frustrated not just about Penn's Grove. In February 1997, after 20 days of shooting and $17 million spent on Broadway Brawler, the Bruce Willis hockey romance movie, Willis decided he wasn't happy with the way things were going. And he was Bruce Willis, so he made his feelings known. He clashed with the female director, Lee Grant, and did something he could do as a producer on the film. He fired her. He also fired her husband, Joe Fury, who was also producing. And he fired the cinematographer, William Fraker. And he fired the wardrobe designer, Carol Oditz. Bruce Willis was on a firing spree. Then he brought on a man named Dennis Dugan, who had directed Willis during his moonlighting days. Dennis Dugan lasted one day before he was told to go home. This put Willis in a tight spot. He had, after all, agreed to star in Broadway Brawler, and now he seemed to be opposed to showing up unless the movie could be made exactly the way he wanted it to be made. Bruce Willis was having a movie star-sized tantrum. Synergy, the studio behind the movie, had no idea what to do. No one was sure what to do next. It just so happened that Disney was in the process of buying out Synergy, and they saw the spat between Willis and the studio as an opportunity. Disney told Willis they'd reimburse Synergy for the $17 million they had lost on the unfinished movie if Willis agreed to star in two or three movies for Disney at a cut rate. For Willis, that meant a cool $14 million instead of his usual 20 million quote. 
Hollywood's version of a discount. One of those movies ended up being The Sixth Sense, far and away the biggest hit of Willis's career. So Bruce Willis managed to extricate himself with a kind of golden parachute, one with a big mouse-shaped logo on it. If anyone in Pensgrove read about Broadway Brawler, it might have been cause for a little concern. If he could walk away from a movie, what else could he walk away from? You know, after the fact, you know, it was, I think, announced in the papers and council that Bruce and Screwball Inc. was, you know, pulling out of the project. By the spring of 1997, Roughly two years after Willis first purchased the riverfront property, and with no real construction having commenced, A.J. Crescenzi, the borough solicitor of Penns Grove, got a call from Joe McAllister, Willis's head honcho at Screwball, Inc. McAllister told him, in as few words as possible, that Bruce Willis had lost interest in Penns Grove. There would be no marina, no hotel, no restaurant, and no riverboat gambling. Crescenzi tried to get some kind of explanation. Didn't Willis realize the town had put their hopes in him? That over a dozen small businesses had opened in anticipation of the complex, with some taking out $25,000 loans to get started? Didn't Bruce Willis remember the blown-out windows of his youth, the cratered areas left behind by DuPont? Crescenzi couldn't ask any of these questions. Joe McAllister had disconnected his phone number. Pensgrove went into a tailspin. Some believed Willis was just bluffing, trying to get real estate prices down. And I just thought maybe it was, you know, a strategy to give some time to, uh, you know, shut things down for a little bit until they could, you know, get other people involved and... At least I was hoping anyhow. <laughs> but it was no bluff. Many of the businesses, absent the expected tourist dollars, didn't survive. And it felt personal. It wasn't that some developer had changed their mind. Those were a dime a dozen. Bruce Willis, the hometown hero, had changed his mind. Shortly after I started my business, Bruce decided to shut things down. So I was working for Clemente's construction company doing curbing, getting up early and pouring concrete and curbs and sidewalks, and then go home and take phone calls and wash cars. And I was overwhelmed and I'll never forget it that I was down to my <laughs> like three pennies, <laughs> literally. And I had moved home to back to my parents with the limos, everything, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna make it. Frustrated, Eric gave an interview to a reporter from a local newspaper. This guy convinced me that, look, we're here to help. Just say a few words on how that impacted you. And After the story was published, well, you might see where this is going. Bruce got upset with me, and I was kind of shocked to get a phone call from him saying, hey, don't use my name, you know, try to avoid that stuff. And I was, I was blown away that, look, I'm here living here trying to make the best out of it. And I'm not upset with you that you had pulled out, but it's bigger than that. What I said was nothing negative towards him. It was just that with or without Bruce Willis, I think this community can move forward and grow and, um, and develop. 
What frustrated Pensgrove the most was that Bruce Willis never explained why, never offered a reason as to why he announced big, ambitious plans and then backed away from them. The town was left to wonder if they had done something wrong. Had someone said the wrong thing? Had they not paved a road he wanted to travel down? Was it all the red tape surrounding the gambling? Or was a town less than one square mile simply too small for his big ideas? Or maybe it was just that if you build a massive complex, what do you do with the rest of Penn's Grove, boarded up and blighted? Maybe Bruce Willis realized being the savior of Penn's Grove, New Jersey was just too much. You know, when Bruce would come in, people would really, you know, be like, Bruce, are you really going to do this? Are you really, you know, like, wow. You know, I don't know if that's the right approach. You know, they were worried about so many things in town that were, I was like, why don't we give it a chance? It just seemed like it needed to be done so bad, the community needed so much that the pressure was overwhelming. Two years later, Willis sold the 12 acres to a developer who managed to put a river walk in place, but couldn't get much further than that. Today, Penn's Grove is still known primarily for being the town where Bruce Willis was raised, where he patrolled the halls of his high school and announced he was destined for something bigger, and for telling a town that it was destined for something bigger. It came true for Willis. It didn't come true for Penn's Grove. But 26 years later, Eric is still in business. I worked long hours and, you know, and uh, started it from the ground up. And uh, I was proud of that. And uh, I'm proud still today, even all the challenges through over the years. For Eric, Bruce Willis isn't the bad guy in this story. He was a guy who saw his hometown in trouble and tried to help. Bruce is a businessman and movie star maker, and but he made a decision, and you know I'm I'm not at all upset. I haven't transported Bruce in a while. Um, I was blessed to do his father's funeral, who I miss a lot, and I might have picked up Bruce once or twice to bring him into town after that. So it's been a while, and uh, but if he ever calls me, I'm right there for him and. I think he knows that. Eric himself has taken a page from the Willis playbook. He's been buying blighted properties and rehabilitating them. His limo business has a 10,000 square foot building nearby. More than one hometown boy made good. I still, and you know, a lot of people, you know, say, Eric, wasting your time. But I still think the Pensgrove waterfront is one of the last properties on the Delaware River that is left to be developed. It has a beautiful view of the Della Memorial Bridge, two twin span bridges coming across and going, you know, and the Wilmington skyline. And it's got the best sunsets and, you know, stories and people that's come from there. I still think one day something amazing is going to happen. And I just hope I'm alive to see it. A thousand miles away, the people of Haley heard bits and pieces of the Penn's Grove saga. That Willis had found a kind of doppelganger town to nourish before leaving it in the lurch. 
But there were important differences. Willis's plans for Penn's Grove had never made it past the drawing board. Haley, he had already transformed it, had already made it his home, had already lit up the mint with his band and put his name on the marquee at the Liberty. Haley had been his home for over a decade by this point. Nothing about Haley was hypothetical. It was all as real as the ground it was built on. But if you looked, really looked, you could see something in Bruce Willis that could be considered a pattern. When he didn't like what was happening with Broadway Brawler, he walked away. When he couldn't make Penn's Grove work, he walked away. Willis had a tendency to disappear if things weren't exactly how he wanted them to be. So what exactly would happen to Haley if Bruce Willis didn't think things were going his way? I was the one, you know, in my position that had to drop the bomb on him. You know, hey, we need ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars or more some months to cover the bills. Haley was about to find out. Haleywood is hosted by Dana Schwartz. This show is written by Jake Rawson. Editing by Derek Clemens, Mary Dew, and me, Josh Fisher. Sound design and mixing by Jeremy Thal, Derek Clemens, and me, Josh Fisher. Original music by Natasha Jacobs. Research and fact-checking by Jake Rawson, Austin Thompson, and Marissa Brown. Show logo by Lucy Quintanilla. Our senior producer is Ryan Murdoch, and our executive producer is Jason English. Special thanks to the people of Haley, Idaho, and all those who've shared their stories. Haleywood is a production of iHeartRadio. Until next time. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.